podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, Sai, welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, we are a one-stop shop for interviews, podcast content on a whole variety of subjects, shows on mental health, football, films, TV, wrestling, music, and pretty much anything else you could think of. So we did uh, the three Marvel shows where we did phase one, phase two, phase three. And uh, today we're going to talk about Endgame and a bit of Spider-Man trailer afterwards. So I got two uh, two buddies with me today. I got uh, Reese, who does the conspiracy theory shows with me, and then uh, Jamie making his debut. Welcome, boys. All right, so nice to be back right. again. Indeed. Welcome, Jamie. You're right, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? How are you, Reese? You well? We're getting there, mate. We're getting there. Sorted. So. Reese, how many times have you seen this film? Six. <laughs> You're ahead of me. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, you went again today, didn't you? So, like, This is my you, third time. So you two are well up, well up to date with uh, everything. I yeah. saw it with my kids and I saw it again then <clears throat> the other day. And I've got to take the oldest one sometime this week. I don't know when yet. So. But, uh, yeah... <clears throat> How many times did you cry then, uh, James? In the, like, the first time you've seen her? Five times the first time and four times today. But the, today, it was just one long cry instead of just a multiple. It was just, <laughs> it was just a long cry today. Just a, just a break. That sounds just like a breakdown, mate. It's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's up and down, mate, isn't it? What about you, Reese? Do you cry? I got emotional. But I'm going to get slated for this. I was a bit disappointed with certain aspects. Oh, mate. Oh. Can't be having that. I know. Be out yeah. I, I'm discussing so, with myself, mate, but yeah. me and the kids were emotionally affected by certain aspects of that film. Yeah, mate, some of it's, some of it's brutal, like, and it, 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 straight away, like, it doesn't mess about, like, within seconds of it. You're just like, oh. and it, it almost sends everyone off the path of what they think is going to happen in the film. Yeah. Well, mate, obviously, like me and Reese talked about it in the third third show we done, and we talked about like all the different things we thought were going to happen. None of them happened. Well, you know, there you go. It's time travel. We had that bit. But that was about yeah. it. So like, it starts off, and it's like three weeks after he's done the. Original uh, click, yeah, that's the one, and uh, it just sort of shows bits and pieces of where everyone is. Everyone's looking a bit rough, and uh, Thor's lucky. Thor doesn't speak at first, does he? For like the first ten minutes, he just sits in the corner, and obviously, um, you've got Tony Stark and Nebula in the uh, in the ship, and like I was, it was weird because when I watched. But like all the trailers, they they sold you a bit because the first trailer they put out it was him doing the message running to Pepper Potts or whatever, like saying goodbye, and then the next trailer he was back on Earth, so you didn't know which one was real. And um, that, that one of one of the few things I was disappointed with was how Captain Marvel just kind of just turned up and picked him up. There was no 
Like I thought they should have seen her. She should have gone to Earth and then say, oh, Tony's in space, lost somewhere. And then she should have gone and found him rather than they seem to sort of almost cut that bit out. And you have to like just guess that happened. But um, yeah. And then so obviously then they with Captain Marvel, they decide they're going to where they find out where he is because he snapped the stones uh, like out of existence, haven't he? So like he's used them again. They all go there with uh, Captain Marvel, and uh, he gets an axe to the head. But <laughs> as you know, as yeah, PG PG film, so not. But like, what did you think of the initial like that initial bit, uh, James? Um, I thought the opening was superb. I can sort of understand what you're saying about uh, Captain Marvel just turning up and being happened to be there with uh, the Milano. But if you've seen Captain Marvel and the end credit scene, it sort of explains how she gets to yeah. work straight away. So you you yeah. kind of need to see Captain Marvel for that tie-in. But you don't know if they said, if there was a tracking device on the Iron Man suit so that they could say, oh, Tony's there, but we have no means of getting there. But she can obviously travel through space as she pleases. So that's that's the feeling I'm taking out of it. But the the initial time between Hawkeye and is seeing his family. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And that was brutal. For cutting off his head, I was I was like, this is. This is not messing about. It's going straight in, straight away. I was like, "This is impressive. I need more of this." And then, well, I didn't expect gone. Thanos to die straight away. Like, I didn't expect no. him to die in the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes. And uh, like you say, Hawkeye's when his family disintegrated. That was pretty brutal. They obviously they hinted with her with the bow and that, and they. He did they set the scene a bit with the, the kids, didn't they? Like setting yeah. up the young Avengers with the, the obviously the last scene at, at the at the like the funerally thing. But we'll get there. Reese, what do you think of like that initial bit, the first part of the film? Well, I thought it was like, amazing the way they did it. I love, like I say, how they went straight in, took Thanos out of it, and kind of threw everyone off the scent of where the hell is this movie going now. You know, it, it was just a massive shock. And I, I can remember everyone in the cinema kind of gasping and, like, looking at each other, their friends and partners, as if to say, well, what's going to happen for the next, like, two and a half hours? What are we going to do? Yeah. And i tell you what, mate. This film as a whole, as a cinema experience, was nothing like anything I've ever seen. And I've watched all the Marvel films in the cinema, all my missus, all my missus and the kids. But this was on another level in terms of, like, like I know you hear in America about people like cheering and whooping in the cinema and that, but like the noise and the just the people's audible reaction was just it was fucking incredible, mate. And it added to it because it wasn't like continuous where it interferes with the film. It was just like certain bits, like a, a gasp or a cheer, and it was it, it's incredible bit of filmmaking, mate, and yeah. story storytelling over like eleven years. And obviously, my thought, because I watch all the like different YouTubers and that talking about it, one of my thoughts when they killed Thanos was like, oh, they are, they're going to bring in another another bad guy like for the rest of the film because they just killed him and straight away. So I, you know, I was wrong. But like, 
So you had that part of it. So you, you, you straight away you're guessing what the rest of the film's going to be like or be about. But what I liked was Thor didn't say barely anything for the first fifteen minutes because he was like reliving that. I should have gone for the head. Should have gone for the head. Should have gone for the head. And as soon as he knew that Thanos didn't have the stones and the stones were gone, he wasn't messing about. And I that fitted his character perfectly. And uh, controversially. Because I've seen a lot of people don't like what they did with Thor. I did. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what, Reese? What do you think of uh, well, like just like what they did with Thor, like his character? I absolutely uh, loved it, mate. The guy's a god with human emotion. Yeah. But they, you know, we know Marvel's fake, etc. But they showed, you know, the god of thunder crumbled. Yeah. He was a shell of himself. Yeah, exactly that, mate. And, and, and we've all been like... there. You can, we can all relate to that. But imagine having the weight of, I think I just lost half the universe on your fucking shoulders. Oh, yeah, exactly, mate. I got like, it, I lose it... my car keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, but you're right there. It's like, if he'd gone for the head before he clicked his fingers, then none of it happens. And I thought that it made sense for him then the first time he sees him, to just do it, because he's raging. And then, of course, afterwards, because they couldn't reverse it, he's bound to go on a piss, isn't he? And he's Asgardian, Asgardian so he drinks like these big steins of uh, steins of strong Asgardian lager. So, <laughs> what do you think, James, of uh, Thor's character in the film? His character arc in the last three films have been, has been incredible. But the only problem I have with this is the way they address his PTSD. Mm. If you look at what they done with Tony Stark in Iron Man 3, it was superb. You couldn't have done PTSD on film any better, in my opinion. And then when you have this yeah. one then, well, Fat, like, fat Boy is my favourite, and you've got, you got Rocket slapping him, telling him to pull himself together. You're like, how can you go from having... Been so done it so well with Tony Stark to getting comic comic relief out of it with Thor. That was that's the only downside for me of it all. Uh, but like I said, I love Thor. Thor is probably my favourite uh, Marvel character at the minute. And just keep just keep doing what you're doing with him because they got a good they're on a good roll with Thor. Yeah, and I think can I just interject on that one one sec? Yeah. Totally, that that was my exact thoughts on the the Thor Iron Man three situation. Ah. and after the second time of watching it, I watched it with one of my mates who's an ex soldier, and he he basically put it down to Iron Man wasn't a soldier, he wasn't in the middle of a war as such. You know that's the way he had to deal with it. When you're in the middle of a war and you're the ultimate soldier out there. A chat like that doesn't help. He said, I'd expect my mate to come up and slap me. Yeah, and then yeah. I saw that side of it. Rocket Thor, they're, they're alien warriors. You know, they're a genetic race. They're way above us. And then they're in the middle of a war for the life fate of the universe. I don't think a chat would have helped there. Rocket stepping in and slapping him, I think, was spot on myself. You know I actually think they were like that. because I, I did in the first time. Because I humanised them. I've humanised the characters. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I I didn't actually ever think of it like that. And, ra- and Rocket is a raccoon. That's like 
Let's just yeah. not forget that. Yeah. Okay, he's an advanced raccoon, but he's still a raccoon. He doesn't understand PTSD. Emotion ain't his strong point. No. No. But yeah, I think with um with that as well, is I think because they did it so well in Iron Man three, you compare the two. But like Reese said, and like Iron Man's like a human, and before he was Iron Man, he was just a businessman who sold weapons. Whereas like Thor's been fighting wars with various people and races and alien people, like ra- alien races and different people, different planets for thousands of years or whatever, or hundreds of years, whatever it may be. So I can see, it. I can see it from both points of view, like. But I did like his character, and I did like that. By the end of the film, he was getting it together. And I'm looking forward to As Guardians of the Galaxy as well, i got to say. I think yeah. that's a genius idea to, for them to get. Uh, just quickly to jump into that, I want to get your opinion. Do you think the thing between Peter Quill and Thor could get old quickly if they overdo it, Jay? Yes, but... I think this, this so, yeah, yeah, like Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth are so good in the roles. They, they know what to do with it. But if we're going to, on the subject of As Guardians of the Galaxy, do you think Adam Warlock will be going after Thor now? Yeah, I think he's going to be, he's going to start off, I think he'll probably start off as a baddie and then he'll be good by the end of it type thing or like he'll yeah. come around right at the end, just guessing, obviously. But like, yeah. So I just, the one thing I've, the one thing I sort of felt with Infinity War and Endgame is watching them. I did like their interactions, but I just thought if they do this too much, it, it could get on my tits a bit. But generally, it's pretty good. What do you reckon, Reese? Do you reckon they could have, they're in, not that they're I in thought the exact yeah. same thing when they had their little to do in this one. But I thought they're getting it out of the way now. This is like Quill does feel threatened by him. Thor doesn't yeah. feel threatened by anyone whatsoever. You know, but Quill was the, the most masculine on that ship. You had Drax, but Drax is just a machine. Quill was, you know, he, he was the leader, the masculine one. And then all of a sudden, this god pops up. But I think they're going to spin on it. Something's going to happen where Thor earns Quill's, like, total respect. And then it's yeah, going to become they're... the comedy battle, like Thor, Captain America, nice hair, beard. It's going to go down that road then. I think they're going to become tight. And we're going to see the comedy duel in there. Yeah, I think he. Um, <clears throat> I think like like I think Jay said that they're both so good at their characters. And like, let's be fair, of twenty two films or twenty three films, Marvel have not really like overdone stuff. They tend to get just the right amount of comedy. And like if you think how brutal emotionally this three hour film is, they still had bits of comedy which worked, but they didn't take away from the overall emotion of the various yeah. bits so you know you've got to trust them the fact that they've done that yeah. and like it's like it's just overtaken titanic and i was looking someone posted the, like the top six films out of all time like the box office but next to it it had like the days and like titanic was second with like i don't know like i think it was 100 and, and something days of like in where it was in the cinema and then it had like uh end game Eight days, and I was just like, "It's gonna, that's gonna blow everything out the wall." Even at, at Avatar, but uh, 
What, be interested actually when guys, Avatar. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Can I just ask you guys what you think is actually going to end up in the box office? Oh, I think. I don't know. See, the one difference is, is back in the day with Titanic, and to a lesser extent, uh, Avatar. No? Um, they they stayed in the cinema longer. Yeah. Like these days, you have film will be. In, I know this will probably be in for a bit longer, but generally films are in the cinema for a short period of time, and then they chuck them on Netflix. Now, or, well, they're on like what was it two point three billion already? So like and the the the, the it's Avatar's two point seven. I think mm-hmm. it's going to end up on three point two. I, I it'll do three easy I reckon easy. Yeah. The only competition has got this week is Detective Pikachu. Well, yeah, right. that's the only thing which might slow it down. Like over the next couple of weeks, is you've got um, Detective Pikachu and Godzilla and a couple of other stuff coming out. But like John Wick then as well, isn't it? Yeah, like you know, they'll slow it down, and but it's going to slow down anyway because so many people go like, to see it this week or so. But then you get the people who wait, so I think you get like a spike as well about like a two or three weeks later, where people who think I'm not going to go when it's rammed, I'm going to just go. Yeah, I think go just over three. You'll probably do, but by the time it ends up on Netflix, it'll be on Netflix in America anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's obviously. the thing nowadays. It's it's not going to compete with the length the other films are in the cinema because of online streaming and DVD, etc. They need to capitalise on the money-making of it ASAP. So I think you've got another month of it in the cinema, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Then so by then, they'll have to capitalise on DVDs, etc. before everyone's got copies and streamed it. Yeah, well, the thing is, um, my friend has got a, a VPN and he watches the American uh, Netflix. Yeah. And, um, it's much better than the UK Netflix. It's got all the like the Marvel films on it. It's got so much yeah. stuff which we don't get up here, like yeah. Infinity Wars on there and stuff like that. So like Endgame will be straight on there in a couple of weeks or like whenever yeah. it finishes. But obviously they've got a Disney Plus streaming, so they're going to rip them all off Netflix as soon as yeah. Disney streaming thing comes. But anyway, right, let's get back to the film. So, yeah. yeah. So Thor takes his head off, they can't undo the snap, and you get like a five-year time jump where, ah, this is one of the things I had a bit, I was a bit annoyed, not annoyed, but I was like a bit like, oh, come on, was the fact that Scott Lang escaped from the quantum realm by a rat. It was like, <laughs> come on, can't we think of something a bit better, like just something, like could he escape himself, or just, I don't know, like... I wouldn't say I was annoyed by it, but I was a bit underwhelmed by it, shall we say. Um, so, yeah, he comes out of the quantum realm because the rat stands on the the thing in the van. Um, he sees, like, the wanted posters and all this sort of jazz. I might miss bits out because I'm going on memory and I haven't seen it for about a week. So if I miss anything, you add it now. Um, obviously, he sees all the missing things and he goes to... Uh, does he go to the event? No, he goes to his, goes to his house first, doesn't he? to see his daughter, and she's like a teenager, and he's like, whoa. So he's confused and whatever, and then he goes to the Avengers Avengers compound. Yeah, Yeah. and obviously in the meantime, he's realised it's five years later, so he's thinking, he's worked out that the quantum realm can do time time travel, and obviously they bid 
sort of hinted at it in Ant-Man and Wasp as well. Um, and again, like I say, it's a Cassie Lang now is a teenager. She's, um, oh, I forget her name in um, the comics, but she's basically, oh, I can't remember the name, but she's basically got the same uh, powers as him. You've got uh, Tony Stark's daughter. Um, who's the other one? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, that's what I'm, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, Hawkeye's uh, guy's daughter, and they're gonna. Yeah. I think instead of doing the Kate Bishop character, they're gonna do his daughter as that. And they, by the way, they um, hinted at it. That was Joe Russo's daughter in the film. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, did you spot Joe Russo as well in the uh, yeah. in the group? I, the I thought that was awesome. I character in the MCU. Yeah. And do you know why? Was what was wicked is like he came on the screen as a. I think that was in the five year. Like jump one as they sort yeah. of show and everything, so it goes through like a um, what are they called not like an alcoholic alcoholics anonymous, but like a like a trauma a group, group or whatever where they yeah, yeah group and that's it. And then you've got Joe Russo who's playing a character. You, yeah, one of the other guys is the guy who created, I think it's Thanos or one of the main characters from the film. He created. He was one of the other guys. Uh, Captain America's there as well. Um, and like I was really excited. I was like, "That's Joe Russo," and my kids and my missus were just looking at me like, "What?" Yeah, but I, I got a real, real kick out of it. Like seeing him sat there, but yeah, it's just me, I suppose. So yeah, so at this point, I'm at uh, Ant Man. Sorry, he's gone to the Avengers compound then to see see the guys and that. What did you think about the way that he come out of the quantum realm and how they handled the time jump with the like I didn't mention all the stuff, but like where the way they portrayed it, like the depression and the and the way it had affected the world. Um, Jay, what did you feel like they did? Did you think they did a good job with that? Like how they portrayed the jump and Ant Man coming out and that. I I I quite enjoyed how Ant Man came out. I I thought it was pretty cool. Our rats can just press a button and you're like, oh, that's cool. That's so because yeah. when you see him in the trailer, you're like. So how did he get up the quantum realm? And then he yeah. shows a bat running across him. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I, what I found strange was that van was on a roof. They, and like, there's cars everywhere. But they managed to put that car from off a roof into this storage unit. So I was like, that's cool. Because obviously they need to explain the rats because you don't see many rats on a roof, I'd imagine. So that was pretty cool. But um, the group scene was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, just to, to see how it's affecting everyone, because obviously there's no this half, this everyday people. You're not just seeing the Avengers point of view, you're seeing everyday people who are trying to get on with their life, and it's hard for them, so that's, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and you had like the, um, I think it was the Yankee Stadium, wasn't it? And you had, and it was like decimated, and you had all the boats in the harbour sort of all crashed together. Yeah. So even though it was like a, probably a very short scene of like probably wasn't much, probably much longer than a minute or two, they showed a lot of how it affected, like you say, the people outside of your core characters, which they did yeah. pretty well. Well, Reese, what do you think about like the how they did the time jump initially and uh, Scott Lang's rat rescue? I, I think the rat rescue, in a way. 
I think it's their cheeky little poetic justice. Thanos is the biggest, you know, dangerous, baddest mother this universe has ever seen. Technically, he got done over by, you know, one of the world's smallest creatures. Hmm. So it's a bit of poetic justice there, I think. Uh, I suppose I didn't think of it like that. It's um, I don't know. I, I, I just, like I just, I maybe it's because obviously we had so many theories about where, like, what this is going to happen, this is going to happen, or they're going to yeah. do this, or they're going to this twist. And maybe I just bit in my head. I thought, I wonder how he's going to get out there, and he's going to do this, and he's going to use one I, of the. I think he was such a big part of the film, and the quantum realm was. They they didn't need to dwell on that because they had so much more of it to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I guess, yeah, I can yeah, see. That. Until you said it, then I wasn't disappointed by the way he came out at all. I didn't even think about right, it. Okay, so I, so it basically, just, I completely uh, fucked it up for you. Yeah, it just flowed for me because they had to do it early-ish. They had yeah. to get a lot in there. Yeah, and, and I mean, right. it's a three-hour film, but they had so much that they need to get into that three hours. Yeah. Imagine how much of that was cut. I guarantee oh, it was about four or five hours long. Scenes. But, I, I um, bet it was a nine-hour film before the cut. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I'd love, love to see that. I'd just watch the, uh, the complete uncut first, first yeah. version. Oh. It'd be like heaven, that would. So, like, so they go... so. I'm going off memory now and Wikipedia, which is not very clear. So he goes to the Avengers Tower. He's like, I think it's Black Widow in it and um, Captain America are there. Yeah. They're like, oh, there's a chance. There's a chance we've got to do it, but we're not clever enough to do it. So we've got to go and ask Tony. And he kind of makes the call and they go there. Tony's got a daughter, which was awesome. And I like the way they did it. They hinted at Pepper's uh, Pepper being rescued later in the show, uh, later in the film, with like the daughter having the helmet, and him saying, um, "Oh, she never wears anything I buy her." I think you know we can all relate to that at some point. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I like. <clears throat> I thought the daughter was going to be a bit older. I got to be honest, but obviously they did the five years. But I thought like it was they foreshadowed it, so you knew he was going to have a daughter. It was just, to me, it was whether they did it right at the end of the film and she said, like, I'm pregnant, and then they had the wedding, or whether it was going to be, like, a time jump and she was already going to be grown up or, like, a certain age. So I guess, like, she's five or six. Um, but Stark, basically, he says he doesn't want anything to do with her. And what I liked is that he says no, and you can understand completely why he says no. He's got so much to lose. And he's like, you can feel that he wants to help, but he's just not willing to risk his daughter. No. And then it turns out that Pepper, who's always been like, not against his like, Iron Man and stuff, but like worried about his safety and stuff like that, she's the one that kind of like talks him into it, or talks him around, or says, if there's a chance, you've got to do it. And I like that little twist on it. Um, sorry, I lost my trailer thought completely then. So, yeah, he says no. And then they have to obviously think of someone else. They go to uh, see Banner. And this is the biggest single most thing that I was pissed off about. And probably the only thing that I was genuinely disappointed by in the whole film was that Professor Hulk was already Professor Hulk 
and they didn't give you the bit in between because the Hulk arc in Infinity War was so big. He had this war between the two of them and he's trying to not. Hulk, Hulk doesn't want to come out. Banner needs him. They, you could feel like they're fighting each other and then they just jumped to that and I felt like they really missed a storytelling trick there where they could have shown his sort of him realizing that he's not a virus or whatever and he can be a positive. Uh, what do you think about that, Reese? I know I just rambled for like I, a minute. I hated that with a passion, mate. That was that was a major disappointment for me there, what they did. I, I don't they- think so, I don't think it was the right time to introduce him as Professor Hulk. I don't mind that they introduced Professor Hulk because I was expecting it and I thought it would be. But I think that after having that arc in Infinity War, you've got to show that struggle being resolved, not just be like, done. Because you, you, you're like, you, you're not giving us the payoff to his anguish you've given yeah. us the anguish in infinity war but then you haven't really given us the the, the payoff to that to that arc however yeah. professor hulk is freaking awesome he was one of my favorite characters in the whole film i thought he was that was the best version of mark ruffalo that i've seen i really really liked it although really? infinity war infinity war i thought he was excellent but I really like Professor Hulk. I like the only thing I don't like is that he's a bit not as strong, but I like that because he's never been done before in a film. I like the aspect that yeah, now he can talk and he can have a conversation and he can make these little quips. I think it adds something to him, but I needed that progression. And yeah, to me, it wasn't the Hulk character at all. It wasn't even close to Hulk. It really disappointed me that did because they didn't explain because they didn't explain how he gets there. Unless you're a major Marvel fan and no comics and things, you wouldn't know how he got there either, or even who Professor Hulk is. They yeah, just think it. it's a new I mean, character. Like, but like, I was like I said, disappointed I with you, you. Didn't see Hulk through that film whatsoever. It was a green Bruce Banner. That was it. Mm. There was no sign of Hulk at all. And there was a major Hulk should have had his little go at Thanos. So, so many people disappointed by that. But if you look, you remember when, like, at the end, obviously, I don't want to go too much into the end at the moment, but, like, at the end, you have the Scarlet Witch bit where she gets her licks in. I was waiting for Hulk to get his lick. Like, the whole, felt like the whole build-up was him having this anguish in Infinity War, then he was going to come back as Professor Hulk and give him a better match or at least get a few licks in. He never quite got him. And I can see what you're saying. Like, I was expecting Professor Hulk. I knew he was coming. So I was ready for that. I was looking forward to it. But I can see what you're saying. Like, if you're not like me, who watches loads of YouTube videos about the MCU, you might be a bit like, well, hang on. Last time we saw him, Hulk wouldn't come out, and well, well how have we got? I was that? expecting him to do that storyline in this film. Well, yeah, that was the whole. I was point expecting. Was... In my head, I I thought 
it was going to be the same as it was five years ago. Hulk's still suppressed. You've got just Bruce Banner. As he comes face to face with Thanos, that's when I thought Hulk might pop out. They have their little whatever. And then the issues are resolved and you see the change. Yeah. So like after the battle, Professor Hulk then comes out because the Hulk's more like he's come to terms with the fact that he fought and lost against Thanos. So, yeah, I can see that. I think what do you think, Jay, about Professor Hulk and the way they did it and the character overall? Love Professor Hulk. As soon as I seen on the screen, I was like, this is cool. This is really cool. But I do share both your uh, anguish of you didn't go into details of how he became Professor Hulk. He did. It was a throwaway line and it wasn't quite enough. But I suppose they could, if they wanted, do a film in like in the five year gap. Oh, um, show like this is how we become Professor Hulk. I don't know what the, the rights are with Hulk. Yeah, anymore. they were universal, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if they transferred back to Marvel at the minute or what. But you could no, so in a solo but, film. With, with the Hulk, when they just can't do a solo film, can they? They can only use yeah, him as a character. Yeah. But what they were doing is they were going to do a three arc film, like they were going to put him in three films which weren't his and do his story through that. Because I saw the interview with one of the Russos, yeah, or yeah. it might have been Kevin Feige. So it was like thought at the end of Age of Ultron, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, and then he was going to finish in this. And it feels like they didn't finish it. But what you just made me think of then, Jay, is that they might not be able to make a Hulk film, but they probably could make a Hulk TV show. So they might do what they're going to do with Loki, by the looks of it, and put him do a show on Disney Plus, like six episodes or something, and they could fill in the gaps there. However, that doesn't... Like, while that'll be awesome, and I'll look forward to it, and I'll enjoy it, in terms of like the storytelling of these two films, I thought that that was the one bit which was a bit like they they didn't quite hit the right note for me. But the problem me. is, it was a my kids film. loved it. Yeah, and that's it. You, there's a, there's so much they could have crammed in this three hours. I would think that if it was four or five hour film, it wouldn't stop me going. But there's only so much they can put in a three hour film, and if it means not having that. To have more of the final, the final uh, third. I would prefer the more of the final third. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah, like the, that final third of the film was so epic, and you had to have that. You had to have every possible character you could get. You had to have that. Quick question: as we, as I just diverge off that, were you disappointed in that final scene that they didn't? Sneak in any of the TV characters, Jay. They weren't allowed. Yeah, but they could have just like not even not maybe not the Netflix ones, but like your Phil Coulson's and your yeah. uh, Agents of Shield characters. They could have been in there. You know, they got Howard the fucking duck in there, so they could have just yes, had him they in there. Did. Yeah, that was that was. I didn't see him. Cool. I didn't see him. I uh, I only found out afterwards. I did not see Howard the Duck when I watched it first time round. I've seen him today because I was looking for him. Yeah, he's only briefly. He's behind. Um, yeah. He's behind Wasp, I think, isn't he, or something like yeah. that. Um, right. So yeah, Professor Hulk comes in. He's signing autographs and he does a few little quips, which he, yeah, he's funny. He's good. Um, I think I can't remember if they go to 
Thor, or if they go to no, they don't go to Clint then, do they? Clint, they go, they to, go to Clint and Stark's back. So they go to they go to see Thor, and he's chubby, and he's alcoholic, and he's like completely lost it. And I, yeah, playing Fortnite, which my kids loved. They um, and also they had um, oh, what are their names? Korg and uh, Meek. What's the other one? Meek, Meek. from uh, Ragnarok, which I just thought was I so happy to see them back, and they were in the battle at the end as well and yeah so I and like, we discussed Thor's character generally but like I thought they did that scene particularly really well where they sort of they're all they sort of look at him as if like what the fuck's going on you but um and, and I thought that scene particularly he did play off the sort of PTSD aspect of it quite well I thought as it went on it became a bit more comic relief but that that one scene where he's in the house and he's playing and he's drinking, and they're like, "Come on, we've got a chance to go in and do it all," and he's like, oh, "Do you want a beer?" Yes. <clears throat> I like to think that's what I'd be like, to be honest. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like a I'm like a real life Thor, apparently. That's what I tell <laughs> myself every day. You, you um, do mean the overweight alcoholic version, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, can't argue with that, mate. <laughs> so I, I, I'll settle for that. <laughs> the chubby Thor. Nice. I do like that um, Thor. He, I thought he was hilarious, and like, <clears throat> I really like Thor. Anyway, he's he's all his favorite character in our in our house. My missus loves him. I think he's really funny. Um, and yeah, I thought he did it well. I know some people didn't like it. They thought it was too much, but like. It's like what you guys said. If you had the chance to stop Thanos and you went for the chest and not the head and then everyone died or disappeared, of course it's going to play on your mind, no matter who you are. So they had to show it, but it's Marvel. So like they're not going to go and show him, I don't know, doing something a bit more serious or a bit more depressing. So he's going to have that comic side to it. Um, it. It's not just that. He's never lost, basically. No. Well, yeah, you know, he's never lost the battle, but he's never lost the war, and that war he lost. Yeah, if, you think of, if you think of all the Thor films, all the films he's been in, he is normally the one who comes in at the end, like he did in Infinity War, and like crashes down. Same in Ragnarok when he gets his his, uh, his lightning powers and whatever. He's the one who comes in at the end and clears house, like you know, even um, in I think it was Thor. Two at the start, where the Warriors three are like battling yeah, someone. World. He comes down and he saves the day, doesn't he? Or not saves the day, but like you know, cleans everyone out or whatever as they're getting outnumbered. So he hadn't been through that last year, right? Damn it, yeah. So this is where my notes, if you like, get a bit fuzzy. So I might guess some of the time or the order wrong. Um, so basically. Pepper convinces Tony or suggests to him that he needs to go and try. He goes to the Avengers facility and they start fiddling around and he designing stuff. Um, and I particularly like, I think this is after they go and get a Hawkeye, but I like when they sent Scott Lang back and he comes back like as a baby and an old guy. And yeah. I thought that was really, that was a good way of showing that it, like it works. But also, like that comic relief, because it was an emotional three hours. But um, 
what did you think of uh, Ronin uh, Hawkeye? Do we like him, Jay? Um, I, I was never Hawkeye's biggest fan, but by the end of this film, he's he's up there now. Ronan, keep him. He's amazing. The the way he was going about it in uh, Tokyo was amazing. It was absolutely triads. It was wicked, oh, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Absolutely amazing. And yeah, I've always been very critical of uh, Hawkeye. I was hoping he got decimated in the snap, but he obviously needed him. And when he, he, he oh, it was amazing. Just seeing him chopping people up and chopping the triads. It's hard to believe it's a Disney. A Disney film, and it's they're showing people having their necks cut. Yeah, they like they 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 did it really well in that they just cut away, so it yeah. was like enough, but not they still kept their PG thirteen. Yeah, he um, didn't have the go. Yeah, they didn't quite go all the way, but it was enough that it like it wasn't like Disney fied and too sort of comic-y. No. See, I think I'm the minority, and that I really like Hawkeye. I liked him in Avengers, other than I didn't like the story that he spent the whole film, like, mind-controlled. But when they yeah. have the big battle in the original Avengers film, I love the way he's, like, shooting without looking, and he's doing all that badass stuff. Well, they've all got, like, powers and stuff, and him and Black Widow have got to rely on, like, hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that. I always enjoyed that. The choreography for all of them, but those two in particular, is always amazing. And, you know, I know some of it's probably, a lot of it's probably done by their stunt doubles. It's just so smooth. Like, it never looks like they're sort of, you never have a period where they're in those, like, hand-to-hand battles in any Marvel films where they, you know, like, sometimes you get, like, a split second where they're thinking about the next thing they've got to do. They never have that. It's always just all over the place and done beautifully. Um, Do you like Hawkeye, Reese? I do now. Didn't Same with Jamie. I was... He, he hadn't really done anything for me. Like you say, you know, he had that mind control the first one. You've seen he was a good shot with an arrow. That was about it. You know, and he's still like... In, in the battle, you know, he looked cool in the battle. But in this film, they really showed his tenacity and what he is. You know, he, he's yeah, Ronin. He's not Hawkeye. Well, yeah. Hmm. He's Ronin. He's not Hawkeye. Yeah, and but I, I think they have to build him up now because because Black Widow's gone. They needed a human superhero as such. I know you've got Captain America, but he's very enhanced. You know, Hawkeye and Black Widow—they were the only superhumans as such. And she yeah. was the one everyone adhered to and loved. So they need to, I think, change his character to bring that aspect in now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know when um, Hawkeye? Has he got um, a Marvel, like a series on Disney Plus announced? I don't know. If it, like you've got the Wonder and Vision one, you've got the Loki one, and yeah, then uh, uh, Falcon and, and his Falcon, Falcon and Lucky. Lucky. That's it. Yeah, and I think they'll probably do a Hulk one. Might that's just me guessing? Now um, they're going to do everything, and they let's be fair. God, yeah, this is going to. I can't wait until they get Agents of Shield and. Daredevil and all of them on that one thing because they'll just they'll be like the comics then where it'll just be everything be interlinked and that's all everyone's ever wanted is everything to just be interlinked 
and because they're going to do mini series of like six to eight episodes, it'll just be like an extra long film. Yeah. Um, I just, just want to check with you both quickly. Are you both all right to go for over an hour because we're in like forty-seven minutes now and we're not even yeah, like. Fine. Yeah. You know, if one of you's got to shoe off, just say like I'm all there. But yeah. <laughs> so cool. I could talk about this for fucking hours. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, so Natasha goes to get uh, goes to get Clint, and she says he he's not interested at first, and then he, she kind of says, you know, we got a way to undo it all, and then he's obviously he's on board. But uh, going back to one of my one of the my favorite comic moments is when um, at the start when they all go into space, and I think it's Rocket says. Of any of you, who will put your hand up if you haven't gone to space before? And like Captain America and uh, Black Widow, and who was the third one? Rhodey. Rhodey. So all raised their hands, and like they're all badass superheroes, and they and they were just like raising their hands, and I loved that. And he said, "Don't be sick of my ship or something." I thought that you know there was a few moments like that which were pretty good. Um, so Clint's on board, and then. They build the time machine and stuff. Um, and what I liked for this part was that Ant-Man was going. He'd done the initial test, and he was going to go. And then he was like, he just at the last minute didn't think he could do it. Or he just, not that he chickened out, like, but he was just, he didn't want to mess it up because they only had a limited supply of uh, the quantum... What was it? Uh, that's it. Sorry, mind going blanker. Yeah, and that fits with his character because he's like he was a like a burglar, and then obviously he's a bit slapdash and he's a bit like jokey jokey. But he realizes the gravity of the situation. He knows he can't mess it up, so that fits his character that he'd be like, "Oh, hang on a minute, maybe I'm not the right guy." Type thing. So I like that little little not a twist, but like a little thing, and it made sense for Hawkeye to go. Because he's desperate to get his family back. Obviously, they send him back to a period. They, I don't think they save the time, do they, with that no. one? They just send him back to a, a time where his family's alive and he brings like a toy back or something. And he, I thought it was really cruel the way they, like, he can hear his daughter and he calls her and she calls him back. And then just as he's about to see her, she like zips back to the present. It's a bit brutal again, but. So, do you think, right, here then, what do you think of the way they handled the time travel element of it? Do you think did a good job of it? Because in my opinion, I thought they didn't make it too complicated. And I think the explainer with the ancient one made it that it was easy to follow. They could have easily made it super complicated. They basically went with, like, I don't know if you guys used to watch or have ever seen Dragon Ball Z. It's like basically the that sort of time travel rules that if you go back and you change something, rather than it changing your future, it just creates another timeline. What do you think of how they handled the time travel aspect of it, release altogether? I absolutely love that because they've basically created the whole new concept of time travel. You know, when they're talking with um, War Machine and Ant Man. And they're both going, you know, back to the future, time cop, through all these films. And they just shut it all out of the water. And, and when he says, you know, what, back to the future was a pile of shit. 
basically. I loved it. I thought that was amazing. Marvel have just revolutionised time travel. And yeah, and what they've done, and if you've seen the Spider-Man trailer earlier, what they've done by Loki taking that stone in a bit and by doing certain things, they've created this multiverse. So rather than all of a sudden just going, oh, there's a multiverse, which they've touched upon anyway, they've actually done something which creates it for future films. And there's so much that they could do with that in terms of like, like you can have a Miles Morales Spider-Man or you can have different versions or like you can have a female Thor or whatever, like all the different versions from the comics they can do with this multiverse. So I like that aspect of it. What did you think of the way they did the time travel, James? Would you have changed anything or done anything nope. different? I would have kept it exactly as it was. It was perfect. And what about multiverses now? Such an easy way now to introduce the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Yep. Stay on a plate, isn't it? It's all I think It's ready to go. Time travel as well. They could have, it could have been really com- complicated and then it could have been difficult to follow. So I like that they kept it simple, they explained what they needed to explain without it being like this big, long, huge scene of, oh, if this happens, this is what happens. And this, it was just, boom, that's the timeline, this is what happens. And it was the right characters to do it. So we'll get to that. So then they all decide they're going to, so Hawkeye comes back, it works. So then they're going to split off into teams and they go to different times to get the Infinity Stones and they work out that the three stones were in New uh, New York in 2012 when they had Avengers 1. And this this little bit, apart from the Battle of the End, was my favourite part of the film, where they go back to 2012 and, and they give you the little lift scene and uh, Crossbones is back and and uh, Captain America going, where he, instead of fighting them all like he did in Winter Soldier in the left, he goes with Hail Hydra as like a nod to the comics as well. And I thought all that, all the aspects to that were really well done. Captain America fighting himself was awesome. Um, and it made sense because he thought it was Loki. So it was like, instead of hit, like the present Captain America trying to explain his way out of it, it was like that, get into it. I thought it was excellent. So just in, oh, one bit I was a bit, not as fussed on was in 2012 was when Hulk goes to like do his bit and he's like he won't smash so he just sort of like rah, rah. I thought that was that was part of the Hulk character which I didn't like um, what did you think of 2012 part Reese? I loved it mate Battle of New York is one of the best cinematic experiences I've ever been through that was awesome, all that, and I liked that Hulk bit where he did that and the little bits of smashing. That was the only bit of Hulk I liked throughout that film. Ah. Because, like I say, they 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 made a new character there. They wasn't Bruce Banner, and they wasn't the Hulk. Mm. I I just didn't like what they did there at all, without explaining it. And I didn't like the way they portrayed him. It he was neither of them. But he wasn't in between them either. He, there was no rage or strength there. And he was a bit too quiet and calm, even for Bruce Banner. 
he didn't have the comedy aspect of the other films. You yeah, know, like, screw you, really... you big green ass, I'll do it myself. When he's like that in, in Infinity War, there, there was none of that there either. It was just, they, they ruined it for me with that because they didn't explain it, didn't say this is what happened and why. Yeah, and I think if they had done that, you can you can get on board then, can't you? Because you can then develop an emotional investment in the new version of him. But yeah. Because you didn't get to see him struggling to get Hulk back out and then the sort of um, just, you know, agreeing to a sort of a half and half. You didn't see that struggle or whatever. So it was a bit of a bit of a gap there. So... Jay, what do you think of the 2012 part overall? You like that? I loved it, um, especially when you see the ancient one on the top of the, on the rooftop taking down yeah. stuff, and you're like, "Oh, so she was doing that during the Battle of New York." So it adds that character into that scene of the first Avengers, and I was like, "That's really cool," because it makes me go when I go back now to watch Avengers. I'm like, "Oh, the ancient one's taking some of that stuff down too." That's really cool. So it it's making me want to watch rewatch older films. Yeah, which I always yeah, I definitely. always watch many, but um, it was just it, it was brilliant. It was really good. They well, they did, and you wouldn't believe that different directors had directed the film. I know, and it's like you'd think that they'd have been directed. Joss Whedon with um the first Avengers, and obviously the Russos now, but they had this, they had it spot on because. They've had to refilm up yeah when they were upstairs with Loki. And it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought there was different directors on the film. No, you'd have thought it felt like they'd filmed that when they filmed it in 2012. It felt Definitely. that good and that, that seamless. What I liked is I thought they had the perfect balance of a mixture of scenes from Avengers One. It's just like little clips of the like they were when their Chitari's on the side of the building, and then it clips you and you sort of spun around. So you see in the scene you've already seen, but it's like from a different angle because yeah. Tony's hiding around the corner. And it, like you say, mate, it was so well done that you, if someone told you, oh, we filmed that back in 2012 just because we knew where we were going, you'd believe them because it was so yeah. well done. Um, so Banner goes to the Sanctum, tries to get the Ancient One to give it up, the Time Stone. She knew who Stephen Strange was already, which I thought, again, was really cool. Um, she eventually agrees to give it to him when she finds out that Stephen Strange gave it up willingly, which, again, I thought was really good storytelling in that she... All along, she sort of said, Stephen Strange is the best of us. And she knew she wouldn't give it to him under any circumstances. She wasn't any, having any of it. She took Banner out of Hulk's body. She just she wasn't doing it. And then as soon as he said, well, why did he give it up? Or he gave it up. She was like, oh, yeah, straight away. And I liked that because it was consistent with how they portrayed her view of Doctor Strange. She's always said, like, he's, he's the guy, like, um, so then Captain America goes to get the Mind Stone, which is the Loki staff, isn't it? Um, and he fights himself, which is awesome. So well done. You couldn't, I was trying to spot the, uh, like the stunt double 
and they never show it. You can never see his face, like, so it always looks like it's just him fighting himself, which, you know, it's just graphics and video uh, editing and stuff was spot on. Um, and then Stark and Batman go to get the case, which has got the spade, the Tesseract in. But what happens, something happens, doesn't it, that they end up, just as they're about to take it... Hulk comes out of the stairs. Oh, yeah, the, but it's the... It's the, the real Hulk. Hulk in there, yeah. The good Hulk. Yeah. He bursts out the sort of the car, because oh, that's it, they make him take the stairs, don't they? Yeah. They all go in the lane after the Battle of New York with the Tesseract, and he goes to get in, and they're saying, like, no, you're too big or whatever, and he goes down the stairs. So, again, consistent... Makes sense continuity, you know. That's what Marvel is so good at. It's everything. It's, the continuity is spot on. Um, so eventually they get it, but they don't get the space stone. They get the other two, but they don't get the tesseract because Loki disappears during the confusion, which is again excellent because you've got like this little thing now where no one knows what Loki because they don't address it ever again in the film. They never mention it. Nothing. So you're like, right, well, now there's a Loki alive somewhere who's in either a separate timeline or the multiverse. Are you glad that they came up with a way to keep him alive? But are you disappointed that he didn't get involved in the battle at the end, Jay? Because obviously they had, he had come full circle and was now a, uh, like he'd come around to being a good guy, and he, by the end of or by Infinity War. Were you, uh, do you were you glad they kept him alive? Yeah, I, I, I love Loki. Um, Tom Hiddleston is amazing as Loki. So as long as he's around, it's, it's, that's fine with me. Um, again, we don't know what's actually, if he is dead because they have he has sort of changed his timeline now because he didn't go back to Asgard before. So that's different now. So he's somewhere. We don't know where. So that's pretty cool. So maybe the TV series will add to that. But it's Loki. He's brilliant. He's um, he's been awesome since he's was introduced. So let's keep let's just keep him. Let's make sure he's not dead. Keep keep him going. Yeah, and he's back to he's back to like the original version now, and he like the he hasn't had that. This character now hasn't had that arc. Of coming around in Ragnarok and being good and being the hero, so he's back to like god of mischief. What um, are you glad they kept Loki alive, Reese? And like... oh, totally, mate. He's he's the bad you all love to hate and hate to love. He's yeah. just twists your emotions right round. But how can you not like that character? Yeah, he is. He's just got everything. I mean, he's funny, but he's I don't also... want him to be totally good. Because it loses a bit of him. You know, yeah. He's a god of mischief. He's never going to be totally good. Yeah, and that's why I like him in Ragnarok so much. Because he's kind of good, but he still tries to screw Thor over. But Thor sees it coming. So, yeah. Um, so, the Space Stone is gone with Loki. So they now have to work out a way to get it. Tony comes up with the idea of going back to 1970. To where they've got the Tesseract in like a shield base, which is the shield bunker from 
Captain America Winter Soldier, which I thought was an awesome little callback to that as well. So they go back to 1970, with, but it's their last part of the, or their, their last pin particles. So Ant-Man doesn't want to do it because he thinks they won't be able to get back. So they send Ant-Man back to the present and uh, Iron Man and Captain America go back to 1970 to get the Tesseract, but also to get some pin particles because Hank Pym and a young Howard Stark are working together. So, Reese, tell me about the 1970 stuff because there was loads, loads in this, starting with the uh, Stan Lee cameo right at the start of it when they go back. Yeah, when they drive past the base, uh, you've got Peggy Carter. Yeah. You know, that that was an, a major bit, that, the Carter bit and the Captain America one. And I know I've got a bit ahead here, but the end of the film, when you see Captain America as he is, you still don't know if it's Agent Carter he spent that life with. Yeah. And do you know what I find amusing about that? Is in at the end of, I think it's the end of Avengers, where so it might be the end of Winter Soldier, where Bucky's in the um, in the museum, and Peggy Carter in that got a husband and kids, or had a husband and kids. Yeah, she obviously in the meantime had had. So it begs the question: Is that husband Captain America? Because he always travelled back in time, or by going back in time and. Yeah, but it creates a new reality, doesn't it? So him yeah. going back, it wouldn't be him getting with her in Bucky's reality. That's already happened. It's yeah, split into a new reality, which opens the door for a whole new Captain America film, if you wanted it. Asian Cap- Carter and Captain America. That'd be really good. I really liked the Asian Carter show. I was gutted when they... Um... I really liked it, and I don't really like like contemporary stuff, which is based years ago. I prefer like more modern TV and films and stuff. But I really enjoyed Peggy Carter. Um, Jay, what did you think of the nineteen seventy stuff? Like, I thought the de aging again was amazing. They done on Brilliant. some of the like Hank Pym was just looking spot on. Like, it was, it was amazing. It was it was young Michael Douglas. It was really yeah. cool, and um. When he got like in going back to Winter Soldier, uh, when he uh, he's like, no, it's not Winter Soldier, Civil War. When uh, Tony says, "You killed my mum," he didn't really give a shit about his dad. Whereas now he sees that his dad loved him. He did an absolutely anything for him to put a new arc on that relationship. And I didn't watch uh, Agent Carter, but the stoked to see Jarvis. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, it's Jarvis. And my mate was like, man, if you watch Agent Carter, you've seen Jarvis already. I was like, oh, okay. So he's like, that's, it's an Easter egg for me because I've seen him in the TV show and that's the first recognised TV show Yeah, it's character. the first TV show. Yeah. But he's like, I can see why you're excited because you finally got to put a face to Jarvis. I was like, yeah, this is so cool. This is so cool. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it was all done perfectly. Like, Talking with his dad is really cool, and to be like, you're gonna be okay. And he's like, you're telling your dad that he's gonna be okay about you, and like that's really neat. Yeah, and the, what it did as well is it um, it followed on from the bath scene, didn't it? 
where they yeah. had where he <clears throat> where he goes back and he's like speaking to his father or whatever. But like so, it, you know, it carried on from that. And what I liked is it set the stage for what was going to happen at the end because they they were both obviously they both he was expecting Tony and Tony was like had had his daughter. And he wanted. He was really worried that she was going to be blinked out of existence when they ended the yeah. snap. So it set the stage. Like it changed. Like he did already changed the way he felt because he had a daughter. But he kind of like it set the stage for that. Uh, yeah. So they get uh, they get the space stone and they get the pin particles and then they return to the present. And then you had uh, Rocket and Thor travel to Asgard. To 2013, which is Guardians One. Um, no, sorry, uh, 2013. Back World. to Asgard, Thor, Dark World, isn't it? And you see Natalie Portman, except it's not Natalie Portman because she refused to be in it. So it's like someone who looks like her and some old scenes. Um, one first on this Asgardy bit, really, other than the bit with his mum. Thor gets to see his yeah. mum. Obviously, it's so the day they go back is the day she dies when the uh, what was it was it the dark elves come and kill her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was relatively I like it, so it was yeah it was Thor and Rocket and they have like a bit of a chat and Rocket kind of tells him to get his get his stuff together. But um, yeah, he, um, what did you think of it, Jim? The, Two, I two seconds, right, a minute. Go on, you should carry on a minute. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that bit. Apart from, um, it's, again, made me really appreciate for the Dark World because there's another aspect of the film um, that those guys are there at that time. So it's like, that's really cool. Um, well, the only part, I, like I said, the only part I didn't like all this, this bit of the film was that it just made Thor look, but like you said, well, he's not a human; he's a god. And I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm humanizing Thor. And now, breaking the bone now, I'm like, oh, it's just silly. But that was the only part of the film where he had to slap. But he's with Rocket, and again, the Guardians are my favorite franchise in the Mar- in the Marvel, um, cinematic universe. Star Lord's my favorite. I love Star Lord. I love Gamora. I love Mantis. Drax is amazing. But Rocket in this film is amazing. So anything with Rocket in is winning for me. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, he's spot on, he, Rocket. He's really funny. I'm a bit disappointed that Gamora's gone back to, like, the original Gamora. But, you know, they'll tell the story. What did you think of the Asgard stuff, Reese? I actually really enjoyed it because I think it gave four that closure he needed with his mum as well. Yeah. He never yeah. dealt with her death at all. Yeah, he took a hand pad as well, didn't he? So, like... <clears throat> um, so, yeah, again, continuity, you know, they tied up another, like, little, a little story, which they had sort of... He was devastated by her death, but then, obviously, that film finished and you went on to the other films. And they, it's just another thing that they tied the up. The only like, massive bugbear I've got with when they go to Asgard, Heimdall would have knew that they were there. Yeah. 
That was my major bugbear. He knew everything. You know, nothing. Regardless of how they got there or whatever. He he was the all-seeing. He knew everything. And there was no... I'd like to have seen him and Thor have the little meat like Thor and his mum did. Because he would have known. Yeah, they could have just done a quick scene, couldn't they? Of him just saying like, oh, Odin's son, welcome back. Or something just to himself just to acknowledge that he knew they were there. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying there. If he, that was yeah. a major thing for me, because in ev- every time you see Asgard or anything to do with it, that the major part of it is nobody can get in and out of Asgard without him and the Bifrost. Yeah, that's it. That I know they use time travel, so technically it's a, can you do it that way or can't you? But irrespective, he would have known. You know, he had the sense he knew every creature on the universe and where it was pretty much. And as guardians, he could look and see exactly where they are. Yeah. Yeah. That, he that really pissed me off that. Cause as soon as they popped up and he met his mem, I was waiting for Heimdall to come out or at least speak to him, you know, to, telepathic or something. Yeah, and there was nothing, like... nothing at all. And I think that would have helped give him closure on his death as well. Cause that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I can see that, and obviously, yeah, he watched him die as well, didn't he? So yeah. I mean, yeah, he could but have. My favourite bit of Asgard was when you see Thor creeping past Loki's room. I thought that was just class. I um, did you think they were gonna like he was gonna see him because like you know when they're in two thousand and twelve, he sees Ant Man, didn't he? Where he sees the case like shoot off, and he can see he doesn't quite click what it is. So I wondered if they'd do something similar there, whether they would just sort of give like a second second glance, as if to say, "Oh, Thor's looking a bit chubby today." But like, yeah, he he was throwing the ball, wasn't he, against the wall yeah. or sitting in his cell, which obviously again is creeping across, you know, scuttling across like some naughty little schoolboy. Yeah, and did you notice they um, when Rocket takes the. Uh, What's the red stuff? The um, ether. The ether out of uh, thanks, Red. The ether out of Jane Foster. You don't see it. You see him get ready, and you see like the back of her, and then it cuts away, and he's got her. And yeah, because she didn't want to come back. But anyway, I digress. So then, the final team is Nebula and Rhodey get dropped off. Well, it's not the final team at all. Nebula and Rhodey get dropped off to Morag. Which is the start of Guardians? Um, by they get dropped off by uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye to steal a Power Stone. I thought it was quite funny, and I thought it. I liked like the different angle of him dancing and singing, and like whereas you see it from his angle in Guardians, it's really funny and it's like he's quite cool. When you see it from like the outside, he looks a bit geeky and a bit. It's a bit funnier, like. Um, <clears throat> And then, obviously, this is where the problems start to come up then with Nebula because she's back in that time. Her, um, what is it? It's like a hard drive or whatever. Uh, let's, or a cybernetic eye, which records everything. Let's Thanos and Cole know that they're doing something with the future and he works out that he must have been a success and they're trying to undo it. Uh, so then... Just after they get the stone, they just knock 
uh, Star-Lord out quite easily, didn't they? War Machine knocked him out. It's no, uh, there's no like big confrontation. Just a one punch. They steal the stone. And then just as they're leaving to go back to the present, Nebula starts twitching and glitching. Um, and then she gets captured by Thanos, I want to say. Or by, yeah, did she Thanos. get captured by herself? Just by his ship, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's it, yeah. He, like, sucks her up that, forever. Yeah. He does a star check on her. Yeah. So, what did you feel about this, James? Really, this one was a bit shorter, the uh, the Guardians scene, compared to the other two. Um, well, like, like I said, this Guardians is my favourite, so anything with Star-Lord dancing, I was happy with. So, that was really, again, like you said, it's from a different angle, so that's cool. Um, yeah, it was just, as soon as you've seen her glitching, you're like, oh, what's going on here then? And then, projected it straight to Thanos and you're like oh wow okay so and because this was the first time we'd seen Thanos since they cut his head off yeah so you get to see a younger Thanos with his double blade and you're like oh okay he looks mental so it's again it's a younger more powerful Thanos then and you're like yeah okay he's gonna find out now what's going on and We'll go from there. I was a bit gutted you didn't see more of the Black Order, though, because yeah, I've I've been guys when I said to Reese in the last one we did the Phase Three, I was a bit disappointed with how they they've portrayed them overall. I thought they could have done more with them, but then you know they're basically just henchmen, and they well, henchmen always get a kill Thanos on his own. If you go from the cut the yeah. comic anymore, yeah. And like they showed how powerful he was, didn't they? With like how he controlled Doctor Strange and stuff. What, um, Reese? What did you think about like the Guardians scene? And are you uh, are you enjoying them? I, 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 anything with Quillen and his music, you can't help but just you know glue along to it. But the, no, the no, things like... that got me there. I mean, the thing with Nebula, it bugged me a bit because I thought, would it still be tied in there? Because of all the time difference and changes and going back in time and going to a new reality. I don't think they explained it well enough. And also, the pin particles, they only had enough for one round trip each. Yes, Captain America and Tony Stark went back to get more, but it didn't explain how Nebula got Thanos and the ship and everything else back. Where, where did yeah. them pin particles... I know... Thanos, well, because... Thanos is a genius in himself, and Ebony Moore was, you know, a genius. So they may well have replicated the pin particles, but it didn't say. So how did she get all them back through? No, maybe. I mean, maybe because they had more pin particles, she could do it from her end. I don't know. But it's a bit. Yeah, it's like you see what I mean. In the machine, she used the fingers in the machine, and it was like a red substance in her fingers. Uh, was it? Yeah, I'm they're sure pin particles, but it it didn't explain where these pin particles came from. Well, well yeah, there's only been enough there for Nebula to come through on her own. That was it. Or, yeah, is, it when... one, or is it one trip off whatever they, they're trying to drag through the quantum realm? Like it did again. It that wasn't explained well enough. And they know. didn't wear the suits or nothing like that. So how did it not affect them coming through the quantum realm? 
because he's a titan, isn't he? He's he's the yeah, most but all of them, in the all of them came through. He brought through his whole army, the Jatari, everything. Yeah, yeah. How did it not affect yeah. them? How did they get so much through? It was a big unanswered question for me. I know it doesn't really matter, but I'm one of them that I need to know the who, how, where, why, when. You know when uh, they do uh, Doctor Strange is doing his uh, circle thing. Why yeah. do they just do that when they're on Titan in the first place to get back to it in Infinity War? Because he'd already yeah. seen the end, hadn't yeah. he? And they didn't. You don't really want to bring Thanos back to Earth. They wanted no, to but, keep him away and defeat him. When um, Tony Stark's like, "Oh, we're stuck here." You're like, well, no, you can just go like that, and you don't go. You can just go back when you want. If Doctor yeah. Strange was that worried about meeting Thanos. He could have gone at any time, but he chose not to. And he hadn't gone forward in time then. But then at the final battle, you see they're in Titan when it, they come through the, the portal. So you're like, oh, he can do it. Just, they just didn't. But then again, yeah, I mean, so it depends where they came from. Yeah, but they would have gone back to Earth because he had the Space Stone anyway. But it's just... One of them things, if he was that bothered about fighting Thanos, he could have gone at any time. That was that's the only thing which is a bit annoying for me. That's yeah, what I thought. Um, so basically, ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So past Nebula, they capture Nebula from the present, good Nebula, and they send back the past Nebula, um, to, to the present to be like a disguise or whatever. Know, good old baddie stuff but I felt like this was the part of the film where you were like right here we go this is where it's going to kick up a notch now because he Thanos out so like at that point it was like getting the Avengers back together and then we're working out the plan doing the plan the plan going wrong and then this was where it was like right here we go this is going to be the battle this is where they're all going to clash um, so they send Nebula back to the present, but then we go to the last team, which is Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow, which was a bit where I cried. Um, so Red Skull's back, and he says, you've got to sacrifice someone you love. They fight each other to sacrifice, which I thought was, I thought it was quite funny that they were fighting each other to see who was going to sacrifice himself. But it was a... This was like quite an emotional part of the film for me, anyway. Uh, Black Widow eventually sort of gets. He's like they end up on the cliff, and they and he's holding her arm or a hand, and they're like both hanging off. Uh, and eventually, she goes and she dies, and she's dead. She ain't coming back yet. Um. So, Reese, what do you think about this part of the? The, the way they, they did they that and the emotional side of it, you know, the the love between them two, etc. But she didn't sacrifice what she loves most. She sacrificed herself. He didn't sacrifice her. But he was holding her, wasn't he? Like he was he was holding her arm. Yeah, but he didn't sacrifice her. He was trying to save her. That 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 kind of bugged me there. Which I think they, they couldn't get out of it from the way they done it in Infinity War. Because Red Skull says you have to sacrifice that you love the most. Yeah, I think the fact that he was... Like, I think with happen. Black Widow doing it, 
yes more because she was such a solitary character it could be it was herself she loved the most clint it was his family yeah you know it wasn't even black widow he loved the most it was his family i liked that um but then his family's gone isn't it? so maybe yeah you know, when you think from that so point of view. maybe yeah but that was just a bit of a, a bugbear for me because marvel are usually spot on uh hitting the nail with everything like that but none of them sacrificed what they loved the most to get that stone. That's what bugged me. Yeah, it's a weird one, that is, because, like, I guess, like, technically, he was hanging over a cliff and he was holding her. But, yeah, really, she kind of let go rather than him letting go. Yeah, she pushed off, didn't she? You know, and it just bugged me a little bit. But, yeah, it was, you know, I like... I thought she was the right character to die, to sacrifice herself at that point, because she said for like a few films about having reds on her ledger and being, you know, she felt like she, ever since of being a, like an assassin, she, you always felt like she was trying to be better and be good. Yeah. So like, that was a good end to her story that she would make like the ultimate sacrifice. What did you think of the stuff on Vormir, James? Um, like I said, um, really, first time I cried during the film, and it it kept coming from there. But on about going back to sacrificing what he loved, the Hawkeye was sent to kill Natasha, and he didn't. Mm. So it was. It might have been a different kind of love. It might have been like a, like you can love friends. Like I I love some of my friends. Like in, not like I left my wife and my kids, but he named his child after it as well. So there was some, yeah. there was, they've always had a bond. And mm. obviously, she didn't want him to die because of his family and his kids. And he's like, oh no, but I'm, like, you've seen what I've done. So I can like, kind of see, like, where he wanted the glory, like, not like the glory, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was trying to. Like fall on his or her. Well, so, I think he did love her, but not in the love sense of a father daughter with Thanos and Gamora, but more of a, a, a love of friendship. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah, there was I... a loving relationship there. So that's how they got the Soul Stone. But like you said, she technically committed suicide because she jumped off the cliff. Mm. So. It's it's a strange one, but like I said, they got the stone, so yeah. And I don't so they like so they get it wasn't the death wasn't reflected long enough for me. Basically, all they did was banner through a bench. That was it. Hawkeye yeah, cried a little bit, and Thor cried a little bit. That was it. Like it wasn't dwelled upon. It was really moved on really fast, and for a character who's been in. A lot of the films, and being an integral part of the films, I didn't think it was locked on enough. Yeah, even at the end, they had a funeral for Tony, but they didn't have one for her. No. Which is a bit weird, isn't it? Like, she's been in several films throughout the franchise. So, yeah, that was a bit weird. Yeah. It's, it's like nitpicking, isn't I, it? I hate it's that, but they didn't have a funeral for her. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? I mean, like they didn't even mention it. They didn't even say like, "Oh, like 
the funeral yesterday for Natasha was bad, but this is even worse or something. You know, something just in passing to say, like, we've had a funeral for her. And I mean, yeah, that was that was a bit, like I say, like we sound like we're moaning about it, but like it was awesome film and we all loved it. Yeah. But like this, just like, like this. Do you know what, though? I think with a film, which is, there's so many stories over the 22 films, 23 films. There's so many stories. There's so many little things. There's only so much you can get in. And there's going to be like little bits which don't quite add up just because of, it's like 23 films. They haven't all been written and directed by the same people. So there's going to be like, like there might be a film earlier on in the franchise which was going to focus on one thing for that character. But then later on in the franchise, different writer had a different idea. So they don't always add up. But I, yeah, I thought Black Widow, it was good. It was emotional. But like you both said, there was little bits in there maybe which didn't add up. I think that in terms of the, who he loved the most, I could buy that part of it because at that point, his family were gone. Yeah, they were working to try and guess something going but they weren't alive. So, like, I could buy that out of all the people who were alive, she was the one he loved the most at that point. I can't buy that. But then the the bit about her basically killing herself rather than him sacrificing her is more of a little bugbear for Yeah, me. I, I wanted to see, I know it sounds harsh, but I wanted to see him sacrifice her and that be the point he becomes Ronin. Because Ronin's good... And bad as such, and yeah. all you see he's killing everyone. It's just the bad are Ronin, and then he goes back to being Hawkeye, not Ronin. If you get me, and I wanted yeah. that to be the turning point. You know, he makes the ultimate sacrifice. There, he's already lost his family, but he's just sacrificed the last thing he loves. He wasn't. He was fighting to keep her when she jumped. Red Skull should have gone. Sorry, mate, you're not having it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, though, it's like. He's lost his family, and then now he's got to kill his best friend. So it's like, do you know what I mean? That you're right. That could have been, or even yeah. that could have been the point where he decided to stay his Ronin rather than flipping back to sort of that Hawkeye persona. Yeah, but yeah, it's like it's little things, isn't it? It's not like something which breaks the film completely. But these things may well be answered in future Marvel things. Yeah, and they're so good at stuff, isn't it? And, and they're like such, we're just picking minor points to find a reason to pick something. Yeah, that's it. Like, we're going through the film bit by bit. You're going to find little bits. But overall, mate, I would have given it, I think I gave, I think I gave it like a 9, 9.75 out of 10. <laughs> so I never gave it. It would have got a 10 out of 10 if it wasn't for what they did to Hulk. The other things I could put up with, but not what they did to Hulk. See, I like Professor Hulk. I just don't like they didn't explain it. That right, made so me they... more than anything in the fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> so they reunited in the present. The Avengers are fitting the stone into the Stark-created gauntlet. Uh, Banna says, like, I've got to click because I'm the only one who can take it. You've seen what Thanos, you know, what happened with Thanos when he did it. So he... So Banner does it, he clicks his fingers. Um, you don't see anyone come back at that point. 
all you see is Hawkeye's phone ringing and it's his missus, which I thought was a good touch because I wondered whether they were just going to all like come back and you're going to get all like these scenes of people coming back. I liked that they did it quite subtly and his wife was just phoning. That was good. So you knew that they were back. but And then literally straight after that, Nebula used the time machine to transport past Thanos and his warship to the present. Um, and the thing was, tell you what was weird about that, is they had to use the time machine to get Thanos and his warship there. But at the end, when like they all go, and he's got all the Chitauri and all the various armies and stuff, some of them were up in space. So like they didn't come through the portal. Do you know what I mean? They were like, yeah. So it's yeah. a bit again. It's just like nitpicking for nitpicking, but um. So yeah, so the basically they have a big battle now. Uh, um, Gamora rescues or and she like unties or unhandcuffs the good Nebula. They travel to the present, I think, or do they just get off his ship? I can't remember that. But, um, I think they just get off his ship. Um, so you've got like good Nebula and Gamora from the past against the bad Nebula. She, she, they try and sort of talk her down. I think she goes to shoot one of them, yeah. Gamora or someone, and they sort of shoot her and kill the past nebula so you've got like good nebula alive and you've got gamora back but she's from pre-guardians so she hasn't met the guardians which i thought was really funny when she bumped into star lord in the battle (laughs) so it was hilarious so with the big battle you have this sort of the, the the main characters from this film the original Avengers are sort of battling it out. They're doing all right. And then they start losing. And Captain America ends up on his own. Did they do the hammer throw before everyone comes back? Or after? Yeah. It was yeah, before, before, wasn't it? Because you think that's the moment when he's going to win. He's gonna yeah. kill, he's and then gonna he starts kill losing again. With Stormbreaker. That's it. Yeah, he's holding it over his neck, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then you see the hammer. Yeah, that was awesome. That was what a scene. Um, and then basically everyone who's ever been in a Marvel film turns up, and uh, Falcon says, "On your left, Cap." What a scene! What oh, a scene! Where they all come in. It was just awesome. I get goosebumps every time I watch it. Yeah, when we were watching in the cinema, everyone was just like, "Yeah, come on!" So like being in the football, it was awesome. But um. Yeah, so Jay, what do you think of like that last, like the last battle, the last, basically the last portion of the film up to like the end of the fighting? It was a wet dream. It, it was amazing. It's, it's just so much, it's just fun moment after fun moment. And you're like, oh my God, it's all these team ups. You're like, uh, how, like, I was trying, I'm trying to think, how can they top this? X-Men and the Fantastic Four. That, that's the only thing that can top that. 
if it was the Guardians, Defenders, Fantastic Four, and the X Men all on one screen. That's the only way you could top it. Like it was, inc- you had giant Ant Man, you were just battering stuff, and you're like, this is amazing. You got Captain America wielding the hammer, and you just one fun moment that fun moment, yeah, all of this. Amazing. Yeah, like they teased with the kids throughout the film for like a few young Avengers. They teased the um, the A Force, which is like all the female superheroes, didn't they? Because they had like um, who was it? it? Was I think it was Scarlet Siri, Witch, Okoye, Captain, Okoye, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlet Witch, Rescue, Gamora, Nebula, uh, Valkyrie. That cracked me up when that. Mantis does a fighting pose. Mantis can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they had the moment with um, Spider Man, and when Spider Man and Tony Stark sort of get back, get back together, like and they bump into each other, and they have like a hug, and he's like, "This is nice." Nice. In the middle of this massive alien battle, which I thought was really funny. How did you feel about the, the like the final battle uh, race and all? Sort of up to the end battle where the best battle scene I probably not the best battle scene I've ever seen, but the one that got me like the most riled and the most you know emotion running through you. Mm. It was just to see them all coming back, even though we knew they were coming back. When you see them all appearing, you know, then you know we're winning again. You know, you root for the good guys then, and everyone was... It, it was just an epic cinematic experience. Yeah. Even before the fighting had started. Yeah. Just seeing them all step out. And then you have that little with Doctor Strange and Wong. Is everyone here? What? You wanted more? They still yeah. slip the comedy in. Wong, oh, I yeah. love. I absolutely yeah, love Wong. And for a Chinaman to be called Benedict, he's just gone up another notch again. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah, Benedict Wong. Never. That's his name in real life. Did not know that. That's awesome, isn't it? The, um, so, yeah, they all arrive. They have a big battle. The Avengers and the Guardians and the Wakandan army and the Asgardians and the Ravagers. They basically all just swoop through and smash everyone. The... Um, they played like it was like they were playing American football or rugby or something with the uh, the gauntlet, trying to keep him keep it away from him. The and only goes, thing that got me with that, why didn't they just give it to Captain Marvel at the very beginning? Yeah, and and even she, when they go, how are you going to get through all them? And the others go, she's got help. She did not need help in the slightest. It's Captain Marvel. Yeah, I, it was. I thought they. Um, because everyone was worried when they when they sort of said, oh, she's going to be the most powerful Avenger. I think it would have been a bit shit if she'd just come in in this film after 23 films and just been like, yep, and just smashed him. And do you know what I mean? Like she just took all the glory after like, all this storytelling. So I, think I wanted something to happen to dampen her powers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't know, I... go... Um, I wanted him to take a bit of her power away or dampen it or do something to restrict her a bit because she's Captain Marvel and if she was there at the beginning 
you know, Thanos would have been dead straight away if they'd have given her that, you know, the football. She'd have got it to the van straight away. It was the little things like that. She is who she is. You can't deny it. So they should have done something to dampen her powers a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like the way I did like the way they took her out of the equation in the end, where he takes the power stone as they're like struggling over the yeah. gauntlet, takes the stone out and uses it to like knock her out or whatever. So yeah. she's out of it then. Which means you can then go back to like the core Avengers yeah. without her sort of taking too much of the of the glory or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it's good that they point out though that she's basically you know got a marshal every planet in the universe. Yeah, if Earth, that's where she. If Earth had her around twenty four seven, no bodies are getting through. End of story. Yeah, certainly. Um, but it also it's... opens up now. A line for super baddies, you know, the celestials, the immortals. Yeah. We're going to get all these coming through now. Galactus is the one, mate. I think you should. I, th- I think Dash Galactus should be like the next, the next big baddie that they build up to. Because he, every time he's been done in a Fantastic Four film, they've completely fucked it up. I yeah. want to see him done right, like. And I think the you know Kevin Feige and them they'll do it proper. If they build him up like Thanos, give us like eight years of just building him up, be happy with that. But um, so they're kind of all struggling over it. Thanos is trying to click. He gets it. He's trying to click his fingers. Captain Marvel has a go. Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. They're all, all trying to like get it off him. And then he takes out them and it's down to Iron Man and Thanos. And Thanos has got it and he's got to click his fingers and Iron Man sort of grabs it. And then he clicks his fingers, nothing happens, which was awesome. And then you see that Iron Man's got the gems on his suit. And he clicks his fingers and, he's, and I loved that they finished with I am Iron Man. Because that's how he, like the end of his first film in the press conference where he says, I am Iron Man. And then they did a full circle and finished like that. Um, how did he get the stones off the gauntlet? I think because it was his tech and it's more or less ingrained with his suit. Ah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, I just, I'm just going with, it's the same tech, so it's just copying, more or less a copy and paste. I wondered whether because the like it's nanotech in it, which can take any form and shape, like it does with the weapons, whether the nanotech just kind of just took them. Took them, yeah, could, yeah, on that, yeah. I'll go with that. I, I, so, I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure. Me and Reese talked about like who we thought was going to be the one to sort of finally beat him. I don't think either one of us said um, Iron Man, did we, Reese? I think I said that I thought it was going to be Hulk. And I think you said... I think at one point we did, and we said we thought it was going to be either Captain America sacrifices himself and Iron Man does him, or Iron Man sacrifices himself and Captain America does him. But it was Iron Man does him and sacrifices himself in the end. Yeah, and we were close. We were close. Seen though, mate, that when Iron Man died, oof, oof, I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I knew it was coming. 
The day before I went to the cinema to see it, I overheard two boys talking. Oh, no. I, I almost threw them through a shop window, mate. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm the worst for spoilers. I look at spoilers for fucking everything. Even stuff <laughs> I don't watch, I look at spoilers for it. And yes. I avoid them. And I went this, the morning after it came out. And I was so happy that I didn't because it didn't. Yeah, no, I knew that bit was coming, so I kind of already prepared for it. Yeah, I, I would. That was that was the one moment which broke me is when he when he died because you had yeah. like, well, like they did it in like three stages. It got worse and worse each time. So you had like, first it was Rhodey, and it was like, oh okay, and then it was Spider Man. It was like, oh my god, and then it was his missus, and it was like, oh, now can't do this. But um, was it the right choice to have Iron Man be the one, Jay? Jacken? Yeah, it's it completed his his character. It from beginning to end, it started with Iron Man, it ended with Iron Man, so it was perfect. Yeah, and especially because Captain America in Avengers says to him, "You're not you, the guy to uh, the to lay down or something like that." Or, what does he say? And he's like, no, I kept the wire. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, so like, it was like full circle for his character, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the battle scene, the effects were just ridiculous because you forget that like half that scene or three quarters of that scene is 75, 80% of it is like video effects and graphics. Just yeah. don't, you don't even think about it. It's amazing to see. Um, so yeah, Thanos and his army are disintegrated. They win the day. Tony dies, and it's quite brutal. I think what got me as well is I was just getting myself together, and then as Tony died and Pepper sort of start talking, they shoot over to to uh, to um like Steve, like Captain America, and Thor's like in the background, and they realise he's died, and their face sort of drops, and I'm like, oh god. Can't cope with this. That got me big time. That did. Um, so then, they, they, rather than doing after credit scenes, they did the old. They basically did them before the credits, and had um, they had a funeral for Tony. Um, Thor appoints Valkyrie as the new leader of Asgard, which I was quite surprised at, but I quite liked. He joins the Guardians, which again I like. Um, and then they return the Infinity Stones back to their original places in the timeline to stop any uh, multi or time branch branches off and stuff. Except Loki still took the one from 2012, so we don't really know about that. Um, so they go. Captain America goes back in time to deliver them to where they need to go, uh, but he doesn't come back. And then there's an old guy sat on the bench where they're by the time machine. And it's uh, an elderly Steve Rogers. He gives his shield to Sam. Um, we'll talk about Stark's funeral in a minute. But what did you think of like the Valkyrie bit and the bit where he goes, comes back old, James? I loved, I loved that. He looked like a, a, a Joe Biden because that was really cool. Um, Valkyrie being queen of Asgard. It frees up four, like he says. He 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 finally hasn't got a destiny. He can do what he likes now, and if that's gonna 
mess around with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, well, that because Paul's really funny now. The Guardians are funny. And you know it's going to be a good film, especially with James Gunn back on board now. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing, having James Gunn back in. Well, you race like Thor with Valkyrie and um, it's like the Steve Rogers coming back as old. Do you like that? I want to see a Valkyrie film. Yeah, I'd I've quite like to see I've been dying to see one of them since the first Thor come out. I'll tell you what... Um, I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it or I didn't like it, but it pissed me off a little bit. I've been building myself up for Bucky Barnes to take that shield for fucking ever since he came into it. And um, me. Leave it to Falcon. Giving it to Falcon, though, I don't like it. He's not He's not enhanced or nothing like that. He can't be Captain America. You take away his suit. He's just a black guy with a shield. Yeah, he's got no powers. He's, he's got nothing. He's been Captain America in the comics, so it's it's going. Yeah, it yeah. is, it is in the comics. So there's some so sort of continuity there. Yeah, they've both it, it been Captain America. Comics, but he he he's he's not super strong. He's not super fast. He's got nothing. He's got a suit. Yeah, Take his suit off, and he's a guy with a shield. Yeah. That's what bugged me there. It should have gone to Bucky totally. Do you think if he'd given it to Bucky, that but would have Bucky's completed the obvious, their Bucky's arc the obvious well. choice, though. Yeah. I mean, it would have completed his arc, though, wouldn't it? If Bucky gets it, it would have completed his whole... Came back as a baddie, and then come, gone yeah. back to being good, and then gets the shield off his mate. But they obviously, they're having um, a TV series together, him and Falcon, so they could do something with it there anyway, where... Falcon might say, look, I don't think I'm the right guy for this, or whatever. You know, there's plenty of stories to be told there. I want him to basically say, you know, retire the shield, there'll never be another Captain America, and leave him as Falcon, and well, whether yeah, it be he or the um, the White Wolf. Mm. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's lots there. I'm quite looking forward to their show, because I think it'll be a bit different. They, like, while they're quite big characters, they haven't been like main characters, they haven't had their own film, or they, no. you know, they've been like, I know, like Winter Soldier, he was a main character, but it'd be interesting to see them predominantly focused on to see what they can do with their luck. Um, so Stark's funeral, did you know who the kid was straight away who was stood on his own at the back? There, when he gave the tech to before, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the guy, he was the boy, from Iron Man um... 3. Three, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know. I I said to my missus in the cinema, I said, who, who was that? I need to know who that is. Like, I couldn't work out because he was so I, I didn't cool. recognise it by face, but it clicked straight away who it had to be. Yeah, it I couldn't think of The next it Tony Stark. Not the next Iron Man, that's the next Tony Stark. Hmm. Do you think... Um, so, yeah, like we were, like I was saying earlier, about the young, the young, they seem to be setting up the young Avengers, don't they? Yeah. Like with him. Totally. Cassie and uh, Morgan and eventually they're going to bring new superheroes into it now that's never been in the comics aren't they Disney have taken it over yeah Disney have taken it over they've got to put their own stamp on it now as well we'll have have new superheroes coming out soon who've never been in the comics as well but the way they introduce them like with the kids things like that it opens up a whole new world 
But I think the kid has been, he was Iron Heart in the comics, I think it was. Yeah. No, yeah. but I mean, it's going to open up a whole, like, who was it? Um, I can't even think now, but there's one who's not in the comics. Yeah. Well, the daughter in it, like, Bob's daughter. Yeah, Tickle in... coming into it. She's yeah. the um, it's Kate Bishop, isn't it? In Kate the comics, yeah. But I mean, yeah, they'll do like a little twist on it, so it's basically the same, but it's a slightly different character. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's good. You know, they need to think, don't they, five, six years down the line, in order to tell stories like they do. And like, if you've got like a group of kids or child characters lined up, if you ever do a just like a another time jump at any point or you go into the future for some in or whatever it may be you've got those characters ready everyone knows who they are it's perfect um so just to quickly finish off because we've gone well way over the hour um <laughs> which we knew, knew was coming um was this the best film you've ever seen or certainly the best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Reese. Best film I've ever seen, to be honest. But that yeah, could I well know. be because it's so relevant right now and the hype's still real. You know, give it 10, 15 years, it'll be up there with my classics like Roadhouse. I'd be very interested to see how I feel after I watch Avatar 2 because Avatar... When I first time I watched Avatar, I was just like, wow. I've never seen that in 3D. I've only seen it as a film. So I've got, I'm waiting for it to come out in the cinema again so I can go watch Avatar in 3D. It's one of my favourite films of all time. This, This I just think, because if you've watched every single Marvel film, this was like the ultimate reward. It was like... Yeah. Jake said it was like the perfect fan service. They tied up stuff. They had all the characters. It was just the perfect amount of comedy and emotion and everything. What about you, James? Best one ever? My uh, best Marvel. I love Infinity War. Like, I think that's the best film. It's definitely. I like. I'm not saying that Endgame isn't a good film. It's the second best. Infinity yeah. War is my favourite, purely for everything for out of it. Like you had everything in Infinity War, so that Infinity War would always be number one for me. It's my second. It's my third favourite film of all time, because nothing of the Empire. I'm, a, I'm Star Wars is my bread and butter, uh, and I Empire like Strikes it. Back will always be my favourite film, always. But it is yes yeah, in the top three. It's Empire, Infinity War, Endgame. What I can't wait to do is watch Infinity War and Endgame back to back. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. I know when I do that, I'll prefer Infinity War. Because, do you know what? Like My youngest says to me, he said I loved Infinity War, and then the last five minutes just killed him. You don't like watching it. But this shows how invested even like a ten-year-old is in just watching it. And he yeah. loved it, and he loved it, and he loved it. And then when they all got snapped, he was just like, can't, I can't cope with it. Yeah. 
I, that's why I, he didn't want to. When I first said to him, do you want to go watch Endgame? He was like, no, I don't really want to go. I said, mate, trust me, you'll really, really enjoy it. And I'm so glad that I sort of like, not pushed him into it, but like just cajoled him Take along a bit. Around. Yeah. Because he got every, you know, he got to see them all come back and have this like triumphant thing. And even though there was sad bits, it wasn't like this brutal half the universe died like. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, cool. very, very, very super quickly. Have you have you both seen Spider Man trailer? Yes. Yes. What do you think, uh, Jay? Um, can't wait for Marvel to take more of my money. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Take my money. Yeah. I like that they the... I really like that they've straight away said about the multiverse. I like yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. It's gonna happen, isn't it? Not even like hinting, it's just saying outright like that's there. Um, I, that first scene though, when I watched it, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, not again. When he's like, he's looking at the picture of um, Iron Man and he's like, I don't know how to cope. I was like, fucking, neither do I. What about you, Rich? What do you think of the Spider Man trailer? I can't wait for it, mate. I think I've still got a little bit of an erection left from when I watched it. <laughs> Honestly, this is. This Spider-Man, Tom Holland, best I've ever seen in any Spider-Man ever. They have nailed this character beyond perfect. Yeah, they. I, I can't wait for him, mate. He's he's just perfect as Spider-Man. He's got the comedy. He's got he's you know he's that fumbly little geeky kid. Yeah, he is. He's nobody's nailed this character before. They've all been like a, or almost like a goth kid without dressing up like a goth. Mm. He's nailed the friendly, lovable rogue type. I just hope hope Sony don't fucking be because they can't. Their like deal, their sharing deal is up after this Spider-Man film. And there's I've seen a few rumors like that they they want to just add him into the Venom universe and not do the MCU stuff, which I'd be so fucking pissed off if they that's the case. But I don't think I. I don't like, think they will, because no one's going to want to really go to war with Disney now. No. Disney and have like, pretty much locked down the fucking film world. The thing is, if they do that, they risk alienating all the people who like are well into Marvel, which is a very big... Like You can tell by the amount of money they've just taken in like a week. If you, you risk alienating all those people by like ripping them out of the MCU just so you can put in with Venom. So I just think that they wouldn't do it for that yeah, reason. No. Just piss I think we should off. start a petition now to boycott Sony if they do. If they take Spider-Man away. Yeah, I think we should start that petition Venom, now, just in case. Venom in. Yeah, bring Venom over. Venom. Yeah. We need yeah. to get rid of Fox, Universal, Sony. Who else do we need to take out of this equation? Just get them all yeah, over to Disney. Get them all on Disney and get them going. I can't wait till Disney Plus comes out. Fucking gonna be awesome, that is. <laughs> Thirty-seven-year-old man can't wait till Disney Plus is out. What's <laughs> happened? What has happened? Um, right. That is one hour and fifty minutes of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for coming. You two I enjoyed. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, 
I could have probably kept on going for like three hours, but we'll try and keep it under two. Uh, thanks for coming on, James. No problem, man. Anytime. Tell the people where um, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Jamal Cardiff 2011. Sorted. Thanks for coming on, Reese. Appreciate it as always, mate. No worries at all. And can I just say thank you to Mike both because uh, this was my first ever three way with two guys. So uh, <laughs> one off the bucket list, lads. Well done. Uh, off well, the bucket list you go. Um, <laughs> We'll end on that note, I think. (laughs) (laughs) There's an image for you to take to bed, gents. Enjoy. Indeed. You you can find find me on at acecast underscore nation. Uh, Give the video a thumbs up. Subscribe to YouTube. And uh, we've doubled our followers on Twitter and Facebook recently. So I'd appreciate if all those people can subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would be wicked. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.